This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Coming up on the Money Beat Podcast, the May jobs report was below everybody's expectations. How bad was it? We will talk about it. And the dress code at J.P. Morgan, the bankers, even the bankers these days, getting a little casual. This is Money Beat. Everything you need to know about money and the markets, and then some. Now, financial food fight. Welcome to the Financial Food Fight Hour, our weekly Money Money Beat podcast here. We do it every single Friday. We mix it up a little bit. Paul Vigna here in the studio with Eric Holm, Chuck Jaffe on the phone in Beantown, and Stephen Grosser right next to me here in the studio. Uh, Grosser, we had a lot of fun in Brooklyn yesterday, didn't we? Oh, yeah. We had a great time. We had a great time. There's someone who was a little out of place. So it wasn't just Brooklyn. It was like a tourist. It was was Williamsburg. Williamsburg. Well, I don't even know (laughs) where It could have been. It was like Toronto. I mean, you're so Jersey, Paul. I know. You cross one river, but two, and then you're just like uh, absolutely right, confused. right. But, but we were we were at a place called Toby's Estate in Brooklyn. We were taping. This is why this is important to you out there, folks. Uh, we were taping a special podcast that we will do that will probably drop one day next week. There's a story that Julie Wernow is writing about coffee, so there was a good reason for us to go out to Brooklyn and to go to a coffee shop and do this special remote Money Beat podcast. It's going to be great. I'll take your word on that. No, yeah, you're going to have to take her I wasn't word there. That. It was a lot of fun. It, it was, was educational. It was educational. It was tasty. Some of it. Some of the coffee. I laughed. Tasty. I cried. It was, you know, it's better than cats. Wow. It, you know what? <laughs> it No, it was not better than cats. Um, all right. Let's get to what we are talking about today because there was some news this morning, folks. You've probably seen this by now. The uh, government report, the government jobs report for May, much lower than expectations. This is like a Papa Bear special. Uh, I, yeah, look, I, I take – I do not take any joy ever from bad economic data. I don't. <laughs> I, I mean, does it, does, it, does it validate my general worldview? I guess. Do I take joy in it? No, I don't. So the economy in May created 38,000 jobs, lowest number since 2010 when we had a couple of months that were still negative. We're still having negative reports. So the lowest number in six years, unemployment rate drops to 4.7%, wage growth flat with a month ago, uh, just really – and even the one thing that you would look at that you might say is good, which is the unemployment rate dropping to 4.7%, happened because about a half million people left the workforce, just, you know, just gave up looking for jobs. So it wasn't even a good drop in the unemployment rate. Uh, sure, you want to call it a Papa Bear special grocer? Go ahead and call it that because th- this was a bad jobs report. No, it it confirms your worldview. There's 100%. no, there's no. I mean, there, no one with any worldview could could find no a, a big silver lining. I mean, the wages number year over year was okay, but I mean, if you're if 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 you got a, you know, that that, that there was just so much headline bad news. Right. That's no, not, th- this was know. this was shocking. I mean, you could see that in everyone reporting it. They're just so everyone. So and no one could explain room. it. No right. one could like everyone was sort of just like. 
this they they saw the thirty eight thousand. They saw the other. Everyone's like, you know, this has to be a mistake. This right. has to like there were double a one, triple takes. You can hear right, it yeah. wash across right. the newsroom. People going, wait, There's, what? The what? one's missing. A one's missing. Yeah. Right. We all knew that like the headline number was going to be weak because of this Verizon strike. It was going to take about thirty five thousand people off of the headline number. But even when you add on thirty five thousand to thirty eight, you only it's get still to seventy. Really right. awful yeah. report. Yeah. But at the same time. It's not it, – it confirms things that people were already expecting. There, uh, you can't say that it's truly a surprise. The surprise would have been if it had been the other way. Yeah, if it had been 238. Uh, yeah, if it had been 238, you would have said, wow. And that would have shocked the market, I think, much more than this did. Yeah. Well, I, I guess – I don't – I guess – I'm not sure if I, I agree with that 100 percent. I mean, like – well. No, 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 because go, go, go ahead, go. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go. Well, I mean, I, I mean, uh, like, I, I think it would have, it wouldn't have necessarily caused the, like, I think this causes bigger moves in the market because Fed speakers had come out and had laid out the framework that you know we're going to raise rates and it's going to, it's coming sooner than the market expects. So everyone was like, you know, June probably not, but everyone's in this July mindset. This puts essentially, I think, it takes June definitely off the table. Yeah. Puts a high bar for them to move on in July. And on top of that, but if it had been 238 on the plus side, it would just confirm what the market had already Absolutely. Like, knew. I agree with that interpretation. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I think if, if it had been 238, um, exactly, people would have said, they, maybe they would have moved forward to June, yeah. even. I was going to say, the market would have moved more because they would have been thinking, it's coming next week. Yeah. No, that, that I, yeah, I agree with that absolutely. Without a doubt. I think the real question with this report is, okay, it was bad. We know it was bad. The number was, was the lowest in six years, all that stuff, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Is it an aberration? Is it one month? Is this the continuation of a trend? The numbers have been lower now for three or four months in a row. The, the real question is around the ramifications of this number. How? What does it mean? Does it mean anything? And to, to be completely fair, I don't think you can really know that until we get another couple of months out. I mean, you have to give— And that's why I think July is, like, you know, has, there's a really high bar for July because— In terms of the, what the Fed does, the you Fed mean? The Fed does, yeah. Because, yeah. like, you need more data to really be, be able to interpret it. The trend, the trend going into this report has been, you know, weaker. I mean, let's face it, we're— and that's not necessarily a bad, you know, like the fact that like we have fewer and fewer jobs being added each month is not necessarily a bad trend given where we are. We're at, you know, 4.7 now, but 5% before, you know, unemployment. Um, you know, Janet Yellen said back in December, we only need to be adding, you know, we can add fewer than 100,000 to sort of take up, the, you know, the new entrance into the workforce. So, I mean, we don't need these 200 plus anymore, but the trend is definitely weaker. And the wage growth, while getting better, is still not robust, as, yeah. as, as, as at least Janet Yellen wants. Right. I wish the Fed would at some point just kind of, you know, grow the stones to say, we're going to have to do this, and the timing's not going to be perfect. Right. Yeah. They just have, I mean, it has been put off and put off and put off, and we've even discussed it on this show in the past, that... You know, at some point they needed to bite the bullet and do it. They didn't, and that made it worse. Yeah. I think all we're doing is prolonging the inevitable at, at some point. Let's get to the inevitable. Let's then take a lot. Of, it would take a lot of pressure off, and would create a lot of potential maneuverability if you 
did it long enough. I, I think at some point somebody's going to have to say, okay, let's give up the myth that there's ever going to be the perfect time based on what the data tells us. To and, and it will be interesting, I think, because, uh, you know, Janet Yellen speaks on Monday to hear what she says, because I think, you know, Wall Street strategists, analysts looked at, like, the April number, for example, and they, it was disappointing to them. And that was, a, that was 160, 160,000. And that was disappointing. But I don't think it was disappointing to the Fed officials, especially when you consider the number of Fed officials that came out in May and were like, we're, you know, the data says hike, we're ready to hike. Um, it was not quite, you know, 160 wasn't scary. So I think there's a, 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 a sort of divide. A sort of divergence between what Wall Street thinks the number needs to be and what the Fed thinks to be, well, and that will be interesting coming into you know, is this number that disturbing to the no, Fed? No, no, no matter what anybody thinks the number needs to be, it is not thirty-eight thousand. Right, but I, what I'm asking is, if it's a one-off uh, aberration, right, and you know, you come back, you're going to have thirty-five thousand people added essentially in June. So you're going to, you know, June could be a strong month. I mean. You know, is is the Fed just going to be like, you know, that wasn't that bad. That was one month. We're going to mm-hmm. we're ready to move forward because we're we don't we don't have this misplaced expectation that it has to be two hundred thousand right. plus every month. But you, you, I will say, you, you do have a trend now where for four months this number has been going down, and actually since. All year, really, has been it's going missed, down. And it's missed expectations. I think three out of the right. five, right? You know, reports so this I year. mean, this is now the one thing that the economy had going for it that you could reliably point out over the past year, two years, whatever. No matter what the data said, the jobs numbers always looked good. No, no. The now the jobs market, numbers don't always look good. The labor market was the source of strength. But, I mean, getting back to my point is, like, the Fed looks at the rolling average much more importantly than yes. it does the individual because it wants to get rid of that volatility. And, you know, that's why I think it will be interesting to sort of get a sense of how bad did the Fed think yeah. this, you know, this number was. And, well, and, I mean, let's not forget, though, that in this report, um, uh, March and April were revised down pretty yeah, yeah. substantially, too. It was, I mean, yes. that rolling average is starting to not look very good either. Right. Honestly. No, right. but but with that said, I think the 12-month rolling average going into this report was still over 200,000. Um, and and is no longer. Right. It's no. no longer. And I and I haven't done the math on this, so forgive me, but it was it like this year the average was 190. Something like so, that. So yeah. like yeah, it was like 193, I think. So like the question, you know, is I mean, if Janet Yellen as she said back in December saying we only need to be adding 100,000 Right. Yeah. Well, it, it, the, the Verizon thing sort of raises one final question on this. When we get the June report a month from now, w- what number is good enough? I mean, it's that, it's got to be at least one hundred thirty thousand, right? Because you got to you know, if we were going to add back in thirty thousand jobs this time, we got to take them out the next time. It, yeah. it just this just raised the bar. Again. Right. All right. Let's uh, take a break here. Get out some important messages, and we will come back on the other side of it. I'm Veronica Dagger, and I want to retire rich. How about you? Then listen to the Watching Your Wealth podcast. We'll help you get there. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcast and find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and now Spotify. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the food fight. You know, Fridays, in most places in America these days, Fridays is, is casual Friday. You don't dress up quite as much. Uh, here, Even here at the Wall Street Journal on Fridays, we, we ease the standards a tiny bit, right? I mean, I don't have my three-piece suit on today. So one place, though, where 
standards have not been loosened up as much has been the banking sector. Until right? now. Until <laughs> now. Uh, this morning, you know, yeah, sure, the jobs report was kind of shocking. It was a little bit surprising. Uh, but the biggest shocker this morning has to be J.P. Morgan's new dress code. Uh, it's stunning. Stunning what they will allow inside the hallowed marbled halls of the great J.P. Morgan. Khakis. Polo shirts. Polo shirts. What is this world coming to? Capris? Well, if you're a woman. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. They didn't specify that it has to be a woman. That's no. true. That, they you know, didn't. You're right. I should not assume that. Right. Yeah. Can, can dudes I can show off What are capris? Don't they have just long shorts? First of all, these four people here in, on, in this podcast are, yeah. the, are not qualified to be having no, the full I, range of this conversation. We actually tried because to get I some shocked, people yeah, who know. I, sh- yeah. I shocked, I think, you guys and, and a few other people in the newsroom by claiming that cargo shorts were out of fashion these days. Yeah, that came as... That was because the, cargo that was shorts are not allowed. The shorts are not allowed uh, in the, uh, under, even under, under the revised dress J.P. Code. Morgan yeah. dress code. Yeah. It, okay, and, and and guess what? Eric Holm wears 24 hour, 48 hours over the weekend. Oh, all cargo summer pants. long, cargo shorts. Cargo but shorts. at least I know they are not appropriate. They, they are no longer fashionable. No, they, I mean, but they're functional. Indeed, they're they are. Fun- that side pocket. Yeah. And, and the truth is, why? It's, ultimately, if you're going to make it that you can dress down, why aren't they allowed as long as they're neat and presentable and you are neat and presentable and appropriate for whatever it is that you do? You know, truthfully, the, the dressing side of things is probably a lot more about who you're meeting with, et cetera. If it's, you know, don't think that although they're easing the dress code, that that means that when somebody from J.P. Morgan is going out in the world and meeting somebody right, else right. who happens to be in a suit, that they're going to go, oh, well, it's casual Friday, so I'm dressing down. Yeah, yeah. The flip side of it is, is that if you're talking about the back office guys, why they're not allowed to wear cargo shorts would, would be a mystery to me. Right. Yeah, because I have to tell you, if I went into a bank and I'm one of the, the few people in the world I think left that still does go into a bank and I wanted to conduct some business – and the the person on the other side was dressed no better than I am but on a Saturday. They, 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 they tend to, like when you're going into your branch, they're wearing a uniform. Well, right, that's what I'm saying. Actually, that's very anyway, different that than what this is. That actually speaks to the bank that you're doing business with, Paul. If you're going in, you're going into yeah. a traditional bank, et cetera. Right. If you're going right. into one of the Capital One or TD Ameritrade offices where there's a cafes. <laughs> right. I don't think you're expecting the person to be in the traditional no. u- banking uniform no. anymore. And, well, and, and so you, that's evolving, too. And, and, and to be honest, like, I, that would not be something that would bother me in any way, what they were, you know. Really? Like, no. I, I would not want – I, I want my, I want I my banker – I, I, I want my banker to look like a professional. I would be very But well, when upset. we're talking bankers here, though, we're not talking the bank branch, although the, there was some mention of that yeah, in Emily's there great is, story but they, today. But, but, but yeah. what we're talking about here are, are, you know, I mean, we're talking investment bankers and people meeting with, um, you know, doing deals on, yeah. on the equity capital market. And things like that. So, and by the way, when they have meetings, they are still supposed to wear suits. And yeah, yeah it's and, I, exactly. and, and to be honest with you, you actually go. This isn't. This is, J.P. Morgan made the changes, but I remember back when Facebook was doing its IPO and all this, and the Silicon Valley bankers who were trying to get this. I mean, they were not wearing suits; they were dressing down because that's how yeah. you have to. You know, so you dress to your clients. And in fact, I think J.P. Morgan sort of said you dress a 
appropriately to your clients. They weren't actually – they right, did not right. say wear a suit. That's true. That's true. And in fact, Emily, in, in her great story, which people can go check out, she did say that this was uh, came after Jamie Dimon and a few other big wigs at J.P. Morgan f- did a West Coast swing and saw right. how out of step they were you with, know, it's, it's uh, funny. with a lot I, of the work. And they, she guess. actually threw in stats. I mean it's something like you know, basically 31 percent of office workers now you know, want – business casual. So you also have to ask yourself the question, is this very much, you know, sort of a recruitment tool? Like, you know, yeah, as, yeah. as banks are having a harder time and harder time recruiting, you know, people out of uh, college and, and, you know, MBAs, you know, is this mm-hmm. part of that move too? Yeah. Uh, been, Chuck, what, what's... For, it's been going on forever. The story that I always tell is that when I joined the Boston Globe in 1994, the Globe had just gone to casual Fridays. And I had a day, I was lucky enough that, that I was still not all the way into Boston, so I was getting ready to head back to Pennsylvania where I was moving from. And I had a day where I needed to be in the office for a couple of hours, and I went in wearing very nice shorts and a you know pressed polo shirt and whatever. And apparently the publisher at the time, Ben Taylor, saw me, and the next thing I know, I come in on Monday, and my boss, the business editor, had received a note from the publisher that said, just because we have gone to casual Fridays doesn't mean people can come to the office not wearing any pants. <laughs> and, and I said, so here I am, new to the job, new to the company, and it happened that all of my weekly column deadlines were on Thursday. And so... I said that, you know, you're always looking at how you're going to define a great job, and my definition of whether my job was great was if I would have no pants on Fridays. And so we created No Pants Fridays. I basically never went into the office on Fridays thereafter, and when I started doing radio, we had No Pants Fridays, which is just about, you know, having a slightly different... Dare we ask what you're wearing right now on this Friday? Yeah, I hesitate. I hesitate, Uh, but we have to now. (laughs) Well... You know, it's um, yeah. Th- this is the way we like to sum it up. I'm not wearing any pants. <laughs> there you go. I'm, I'm in shorts, but I work from home, and I have my you know I'm, I'm in my own studio. I have my own studio, and oh by the way, if you go back and you look at a lot of the videos that I have done, where I've been on Skype or whatever from my home studio. You know, you don't see what I'm wearing on my legs, and I'm not telling. <laughs> Caprice. So, <laughs> Caprice. So we we I, I mean, it reminds me also like the Asbury Park Press, which was my first newspaper job, also had a casual Friday, and it always made me laugh because I, you know I sat right next to all the sports editors, and you know, these guys wore sweatpants. Every single day. I mean, like, how do you get any more casual <laughs> Friday? Right. That's right. I mean, are you going to come in in your pajamas? I mean, like, is that now the, the well, requirement? Wait, wait. I, I we want, all look like extras from Spotlight. Let's yeah, be honest. I, I, want, I want my first question. They actually I want, I want I my do. question yeah. answered. What exactly are capris? Aren't okay. they just long shorts? No, no. I think that they're pants for women that come down to about mid-calf. Yes. That yes. would be correct. Yeah. We, we sound so, like anthropologists, the four of us here. We're like, well. I actually want to get out of this conversation. <laughs> I mean, so like, they're just long cargo shorts. No, 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 no. But, but, right? I, uh, what? Did your understanding of the world end in 1980, New Jersey? <laughs> 
I don't think it ever Define began. It in relation to cargo shorts. <laughs> back, back when Mother's was a great bar. <laughs> Mother's was a great bar. A little bar. more fitted than your cargo shorts. A little yes. more fitted, yeah? Yeah, that would a little more fitted. All right. Uh, yeah, let, let's wrap it up. We're, we're getting exceedingly silly here. I want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank uh, Chuck Jaffe, Eric Holm, and Stephen Grosser. G-Money himself. I appreciate that, Paul. I, isn't that a great nickname? Come on. I like it. Yeah. G-Money. G-Money. <laughs> you thought we were going to get... We almost got through this podcast without me saying it. I, I have forgotten the past several, but I got back to it. All right. Eric Holm, G-Money, Chuck Jaffe, Paul Vina. Everyone, thank you very much. Have a great weekend, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>